Hello and welcome back to JLXP. Another another series breakdown, the sixth uh, episode in this series, so to speak, but 88th episode of JLXP overall. And DRX did it again. Another miraculous upset. They become the first team from play-in to ever make it to the world finals. You can definitely make some arguments about whether or not that quality of team should be in playing in the first place, but they are the first team to ever do so. Uh, it is Def's first final, 10th year as a professional, now persevering and making it all the way to the finals. And another awesome interview afterwards. Barrel's third final in three years. We're going to see Zeka versus Faker. And some of the casters said it, and I think I agree. They may be the most unlikely team to make finals ever, especially if you go back to 2021 LCK Summer. DRX was 2-16 and and last place in the LCK. They've made massive changes since then. Piosik and Kingen were on that team in 2021 LCK Summer, so their, their growth since that point has got to feel... Absolutely incredible. We also saw, you know, Deft versus Chovy, former teammates going at it in this series. A lot of really interesting things to break down. And I think actually, uh, I will go over more of the housekeeping at the end of the video. I'll, I talked about the Jin Karma lane. I want to make an addendum to that from the last episode. If you're someone who's watched both, that's going to be at the very end of the video once I'm done talking about Genji DRX. But for the most part, I just, I want to talk about this series because it actually had a really, really weird arc to me. Uh, it, it took me a little longer than usual to, to start this video because I actually had to go back and reassess the way I felt about the series since during game one, and for the majority of game two, it just felt to me like it was going to be a Gen G sweep. I think even a lot of the energy around this series, knowing what has happened this year so far, also made it feel like it was going to be a Gen G sweep. They were 8-0 and zero against DRX this year, 12-0 and zero against DRX if you extend it to last year when DRX was awful. But even just in this year, it was 8-0, four best of threes, 2-0 in every single one. You think LCK one seed versus LCK four seed. Sure, the Cinderella story has been nice, but it's got to come back to earth at some point. They play all these quirky champions. Zeka with his melees, Barrel with his Heimerdinger and whatever pocket pick he has in the bag that he thinks is going to fit the comp you know, Piosik with his kindred that he wants to throw out. Surely, surely Genji just like recalibrates and destroys them as they did eight times in a row in 2022. That was definitely the feeling that I had, but it was not true. So let's, let's get in to the series starting, starting with the game on draft. So right off the bat, Genji, does get rid of the Heimerdinger. They do not want to deal with any of Barrel's shenanigans. DRX bans Yumi, Lucian, Caitlyn. That actually, if you track through all the times that they were on blue side in games three and in game four, they kept Yumi, Lucian, Caitlyn as their red side bans locked for the entire series. So they did their prep and they trusted it all the way through. Um, Genji ended up 
mixing it up a little bit. But in this game one, it was Heimerdinger, Akali, Aatrox. The Akali definitely targeted at Zeka and the Aatrox. A little bit interesting that they weren't trying to threaten that as a first pick, but with how many power picks DRX would be leaving up, uh, I feel like they didn't want to get into a situation where they were like trading a Silas for an Aatrox, especially in this game one. So they just banned the Aatrox, first pick the Silas away, and just decide to go from there. Uh, didn't mind, like as I was seeing this, I actually kind of liked the DRX draft when they did Sejuani Azir. Pretty safe. The Sejuani is a flex pick. The Azir, I think, is Zekka's best control mage, and I thought he did a really good job with it in the quarterfinals. Then the Viego Varus, I think, throws a little bit of a gauntlet down from Ruler. I think Varus is definitely a pick that hasn't dominated Worlds, but when it is picked, it has been an extremely strong laner. And the Camille, at the time, I did really like for DRX because I thought the combination of Camille Sejuani was going to be an extremely powerful point of the map that they'd be able to play through. So even if bottom lane didn't go amazingly, I think Sejuani Camille wins almost all of those 2v2. So the 1-2-3 I actually did like a fair bit from DRX. 4-5 uh, bands, Ash Karma. So a lot of Pryo being banned by Gen G. And then Renekton Renata. Uh, I thought actually when the Renata pick ban went down. I, I was actually waiting kind of for Barrel to play Soraka. Uh, I think they, they almost knew that the Tom Kench was going to be coming through, which with the way this game played out, I'll get into it. I think they would have rather just left Renata open or left Renekton open and just laned into it with Sejuani top and maybe done a different jungler, but they definitely wanted to run the Camille top, which is why they did the Renekton ban. Um, so it makes sense in this context, but the Tom Kench just ended up being so, so huge in this game one. Uh, Misfortune Soraka, Tom Kench Fiora makes a fair bit of sense at the end of this draft. So like at, at the time I thought, hey, yeah, DRX, they have, they have pretty good team fighting. They have Soraka to maybe give them some lane prio against the Tom Kench, and they have good skirmishing throughout the map. But the game itself made me feel like Gen G was just going to absolutely obliterate DRX in this series. And and here's why. Game one was very slow. The lanes were not super dominant for for any individual. Uh the first big gank of the game actually was this clever move bottom by Kingen where as he reset he just ran out bottom lane. Alts Tom Kench, so Kingen's Camille went bot lane, alted Lahenz's Tom Kench. They get a kill. It kind of bails out Deft and Barrel a little bit, who were getting pushed in by Ruler and Lahenz. And it's it's even bigger because they got multiple summoner spells off of Ruler earlier from Barrel waiting in a bush and getting a nice Soraka silence route down. It gets the flash off of Tom Kench. And it also gets him the Ocean Drake, which is really good for Soraka as well. So like that gank, I'm like, ooh, damn, that was really clever by DRX. Maybe they'll be able to capitalize on that. And then the play that probably sticks out in people's memory in this game was Doran solo killing Deft in bottom lane. And that ended up being a big turning point. But that play definitely was like two minutes in the making. And I went back and looked at the minimap plays that Gen G did and they just looked 
they look so organized in doing this. So I'll, I'll try and break this down. So ruler and the hands are down about 20 CS in this lane. Uh, they've been getting push occasionally, but they're not having a great time, especially with the repeated ganks and the fact that Kingen has come down. So they send Ruler and Lehens into the top lane and run like a four-person herald play. Just brute force that top lane turret down because one thing I realized I should have said about these team comps is like the Fiora Camille is so incredibly pivotal who wins that 2v2 because both these compositions are fairly short-ranged in the top side with Camille, Viego, Silas on one side, or sorry, Fiora, Viego, Silas on one side, and Camille, Sejuani, Azir on the other. So whichever top laner can get push in the mid game is just going to give the team so much flexibility. So totally understandable that Genji would try and brute force his Herald to deny Kingen's Camille farm. Okay, so they send four people up top lane. The TP usage by Genji was really clever. So they don't crash immediately because Barrel Soraka roams up and kind of matches the four-man play. But what then happens, Chovy Silas moves bottom lane, catches a wave so the def can't push. Then the mid wave is pushing in, so Silas TP's mid to catch it. And then from the original four-man top play, Doran's Fiora actually has recalled and teleports back to the bot lane. And it ends up locking Kingen's Camille top lane versus the Varus Tom Kench lane and locks Deft alone with Fiora. So basically it was this like minute and a half sequence where Genji used double TP in different circumstances to catch every wave and then also create advantageous lane matchups in not only the bot and the top lane. And they did so without losing any plates anywhere else on the map. It was really, really impressive, the outcome. And then the cherry on top was the fact that Fiora had a Divine Sunderer and could just kill Deft alone under his turret. Deft misplayed a little bit, stepped up when there was a bad vital proc at the end, but it was a bad situation set up by all these teleports. And from there, Genji just looked like such a machine. Um, the next timestamp I have here was at 25 minutes when there's some eye contact going on at Baron, Ruler just throws his Verisalt out at PO6 Sejuani, and they just kind of easily win this 5v5 fight. They kill PO6, Chovy has stolen, Kingen's Camille ultimate, he jumps in, kills Barrel. They win the game in 29 minutes. They die twice. Like, I going through this game the second time, because I skimmed through it after watching the whole series, it just looked like Gen G was just better. They even if they had mildly losing lanes at certain points, their map movements were so clean, their team fighting looked so decisive, uh, and they were now 9-0, and Genji was, over DRX on the year. So it really did feel inevitable. They played clean, almost like by the book, so much different than the T1 JDG series we saw yesterday where there was just chaos all over the map. There felt like there was no reckless aggression they won every team fight, their vision control, and Lehens is another shout out in this game. His Tom Kench just completely shut down anytime Piosik or King and tried to jump on someone, he was there making it impossible for them to convert on any of their kills. It was like 
such an incredibly dominant game. Uh, the grades here, again, kind of spur of the moment, a couple hours after the game, I gave everyone on Gen G an S. I had almost nothing to nitpick about the way they played. I gave Lahens an S+, plus because I thought the Tom Kench execution in this game, some of the team fight knockups he achieved, and the timing of his ultimates was perfect. DRX, I gave Bs, B-minuses, C-plus was the worst one I gave to Piosik because I thought a lot of his Sejuani ultimates were just like whiffs into Narnia. He looked off. I'm thinking, when are they going to be subbing him out, putting in, putting in the other jungler? Like, I just... I did not feel very good about DRX after this game. So let's 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 see how this one actually turned around. Uh, moving into game two. Here's the draft. The Singed Ban, pretty clever. It forces Genji into the Yumi Ban and kind of dictates like which OP is going to be left through. Like if Genji really never wants to play against Heimerdinger, there's definitely going to be a lot of power pick trades and you see that here. For those of you who don't know, in the LCK Finals, uh, Lehens had Singed as a counterpick to Yumi lanes, and it was effective. They That's one of the reasons they 3-0'd the final against T1. So Singed ban, definitely a target ban there. And then also, you know, the Rise ban just flies out, which which you'd think would threaten a, a first pick Silas since that was like Faker's counter to it yesterday, but it doesn't. Instead, they go over to Deft with a first pick Caitlyn, and you can see in the 1-2-3 they're setting up a very a very Caitlyn-Lux comp. Because Graves was traded over, Piosik again matches with Kindred as he has done multiple times this World Championship, and in the 4-5, some interesting things happen. I mean, DRX bans Nar Camille, some of the carry top laners, and then they end up blinding Gragas, and it is matched with Orn. So the way I I kind of see these team compositions working, DRX's comp looks very hard to execute. They have uh, very squishy people and not great ways of protecting them. Caitlyn Lux, traditionally, if it doesn't win lane it becomes very vulnerable to engage and flanking champions. So Orn engage, Varus ultimate, or a flanking Silas with an Ari or a Gragas ultimate all to me looked like very good ways that Gen.G would be able to punish DRX, especially with where my mind was at the time of DRX just being this like almost perfect team with the way that they played in game one and the fact that they ran the LCK for the entirety of the summer split. Um, Whereas DRX, you know, four pretty squishy champions. They really need to play on range extremely well. Gragas just really has to do a great job peeling. They have to kind of like win all their lanes in, in a highly executed fashion. So I'm thinking like, okay, it's winnable. I, I kind of like what they did. At least they got Caitlyn. But this, you know, we don't have an Akali or Silas for Zekka. You know, where is this game really going to go is, is the thought that I have going in. And... It got even grimmer, I would say, for DRX early on in the game when Piosik does an early gank bottom because Lahens and Ruler are really pushed up. Another thing is I really like Karma into Caitlyn Lux lanes because I feel like it gives you push or the ability to match the push and makes it difficult for the Caitlyn Lux to you know, have a lot of time under your turret and you can poke them pretty well if you play it right. Um, and that's what Lehens is trying to do really on the lane. So he's pushed way up. Piosik has great timing. And honestly, watching it back in the replay, 
he had the kill for sure. If he just flashed in and finished his combo on the hens, they get the first blood. But he doesn't, and Ruler actually ends up getting first blood in the 2v3 with a Comet kill. And they showed both coach cams after this, and it the coach reactions to me showed a lot. It was exuberation for Gen G, and DRX was just looked very devastated to me because like the Caitlyn Lux falling behind because your jungler doesn't flash in, then also giving up first blood while Peanut is able to just free farm on the other side. It just feels like it's not going to work. But as this game progressed, Genji did a whole lot of nothing and Zeka made some ridiculously good plays. And that's the other thing that I probably should have mentioned at the top of this video. The Zeka versus Chovy matchup, the way that it went, I had to go back and double check this because it was like pretty hard to believe since Chovy is considered by many and has proven it through his years as a pro to be like almost the perfect laner. And Zeka beat him in pretty much every laning phase but then also was such a massive contributor in team fights. I think as the series progressed, Chovy did play worse and worse. He had a really bad series by his standards. I don't think the Chovy that showed up today is like the Chovy that normally shows up. I don't think people should judge him completely as a player for this. But Zeka, to me, massively, massively outperformed Chovy in this entire series. Um, and I wanted to check, like, well, what happened? What happened in this Ari versus Silas matchup? Um, so uh, I have peanut ganking at 413. He just kind of crossed his graves, but that didn't end up doing much because Chovy then moved into river to help peanut secure one of the early scuttle crabs. But then fast forward to 930 without other jungle intervention happening, Zekka's up 97 to 78 CS. He has prio. Kingens Gragas also has prio and that lets DRX get Harold. And then they use that Herald at 10.14 to break mid, and it's an 800 gold lead for Ari and a 22 CS advantage by 10 minutes. This is Zekka, Ari versus Silas. And Silas does lose CS early um, in most matchups because he scales very well with gold, but the constant prio that Zekka had early in the laning phase and also large CS lead against Chovy was very impressive. Um, bot lane at this time is still going in favor of Ruler of the Hens. They took advantage early. They have early game lethality Varus, and they also give turret gold over to ruler. Big things that happened in this game to turn it around because it was a mild Genji lead, but I thought in team fights, unless it was like 5v5 staring at each other, Doran's Orn ultimate will be pretty effective at starting fights and Chovy should be able to get around the sides occasionally. Like he, he can probably steal an Arialt or a Gragasalt and get there, but you know, it's going to depend. It's going to depend on how fed he is and how, how well they're able to control the jungle with, you know, their umbral glaive graves, which in previous games, we've seen the river control of graves just dominate. That wasn't the case in this game either. So a couple things happen. Peanut gets caught twice. Uh, 21 minutes, he had a Raptor invade that led to him and Lehens dying. And then 24-30, he gets killed again by Kingen and Gold ends up going over to Deft. Um, but the biggest thing in this game was Zekka and his ability to just find Ruler 
with charms in these team fights. So first Infernal Dragon fight at 21 minutes. Zekka just lands a charm on Ruler to win them the Infernal Dragon fight. And then two dragons later, 31 minutes, he did this flank on Ari where he actually went between two of the minion mid mid waves, two of the minion waves in mid lane. So like essentially Death's Caitlyn is clearing the minions in mid wave and Zekka sneaks above that wave. So way up towards where the first turret would be is essentially where Zekka walks through, lands the charm onto ruler, chunks him to 75%, ruler flash cleanses away. Later in the fight, literally lands his second charm onto ruler too. Um, Hard carries multiple fights as Ari because he's able to find these charms onto ruler. And yeah, uh, by the 38 minute mark, uh, Chovy is trying to split bottom, but the team fights feel kind of doomed. And without any flank engage threat, like the Caitlyn Lux Ari Kindred is just going to outrange and win the fights against the Varus Graves Orn Karma. And DRX wins it. There was some like base shenanigans that happened when Chovy was trying to backdoor, but was just never able to get a kill because Kingen was just sticking around. It was too hard, too hard for him to burst down. And it, it was crazy. Like Zeka played an absolutely insane game. I'd say Kingen also had some really good engages in the mid game. Deft recovered from being like 40 CS down as Caitlyn early on in the game. But really, I thought the biggest moments of the game was how Gen G never got into flank positions despite having Umbral Glaive Graves to clear vision, despite having a Silas who should be able to steal good ultimates and and sneak around. They could never get access to the four squishies on DRX, which is part a credit to how well DRX played the comp and also a part, I think, of Gen G just being off, not their usual selves. So grades for this game, I gave DRX A plus for Kingen, B for Piosic. I thought it was just a, an okay kindred game. I give an S plus to Zeka because he absolutely hero moded it. B plus to Deft for for sticking around. His scoreline at the end was very good, but I think the early, you know, the early landing miscues not necessarily his fault. I think it was Piosic, but did just fall very far behind. Um, and in an A to Barrel. It's it's really tricky giving grades to Piosic, Deft, and Barrel because of the disaster that happened early game and how that really was Piosic's fault. Um, Maybe I should lower PO6 grade, but you know, these are these are mostly just spur of the moment grades to to facilitate discussion. So I'm gonna leave it for now. Uh Gen G, I gave B, B minus, C, B, B, the C to Chovy, because he really didn't have an impact. I thought he was a fulcrum with which the game needed to play around, and he was really absent from this game. Didn't get much better from there for Chovy as we we go on to game three. So, Genji dropped the Akali ban for a Silas ban. Part of that could be they just don't want Chovy to play Silas three games in a row. Didn't feel very effective. Ari seemed to match it, so they want to mix it up. DRX keeps their bans exactly the same. As they did in game one. Yeah. Just want to, want to make that clear. It's not the exact same bands from game two, but it's the exact same bands as game one because it's when they're on the red side. Uh, so first pick, Sejuani. 
mashed with Viego Varus, and that activates the Karma Ezreal, which is definitely something Ruler wants to dominate the game with. Uh, that is mashed with Renata because they want a little bit of kill threat. And fast forwarding this draft after four top lane bans in the 4-5, it is a somewhat blind pick Orn because the Sejuani could still flex and a pick like Fiora still would have been available. They could have matched it with, you know, uh, Sejuani, Jungle, Fiora top lane, but they instead decide to do a really beefy front line, Trundle Sejuani. Trundle is good into Orn. Um, and then Azir as a control mage to try and do as much, you know, backline damage as possible because they've gone with a double tank front line. The Akali angle here is so good. I, I do want to question, I do want to question if banning Camille when you already have the Sejuani is worth it when you can just ban the Akali. I think if they did this again, they would definitely not want to give Akali to Zekka. But that's what happens. So, and the reason it's such a good Akali angle, one, we know Zekka can play it into his ear, even if he doesn't have early prio. Uh, he has assassination threat the entire game into Karma Ezreal. And the CC from Sejuani Trundle is just not enough to ever really keep Akali threatened. So he'll be able to fly around team fights and just make it really, really hard for Ezreal to play the game no matter how fed Ezreal gets. Um, yeah, great, great Akali angle. And this was the flip of game one where I feel like DRX played such an incredible game and just made it feel like Gen G just didn't have a chance. 3.30 into this game. Piosik and Kingen on Viego Orn play the top dive like perfectly. They just chunk down Doran Sejuani so much. Orn is able to take the turret aggro. Piosik's able to dump damage on him. Uh, easy kill. Doran teleports back. At five minutes, they literally kill him again. Um, Doran could have probably not stepped up on the second wave and still survived for, for the second death, but it was going to be a rough lane no matter what. While that is happening, bot lane is doing very well. Ezra Karma, Karma is up 15 CS at five minutes. Peanut has just been farming on Trundle. He hasn't been able to match any of the ganks from Piosik, so very stagnant game from Gen G. kind of like they're just playing their own lanes, living in their own worlds, whereas DRX is is definitely playing more of a team game. Um, really weird sequence happened at six minutes in this one. Uh, Genji had almost perfect setup to take a dragon at six minutes. They had two wards inside DRX's blue jungle. They had bot prio, they had mid prio, and they technically had of Viego that was going to be late because he'd spent so much time topside. It was a mountain drake, which made it take a little bit longer to kill than any other dragon. And as they're using their prio to move towards the pit, they all just kind of group up and let DRX like actually catch the waves, kill the minions, and then move into the space. And we just get this fight that Genji ended up starting from the back foot. It was it was a really weird fight for him because I feel like if Genji 
moved a little earlier and just decided to burst the dragon, they could have killed the dragon and backed off. If they had also just decided to defend a spot, they had a level six Azir, they might have been able to like just burst out PO6 Viego because he was the first one around. They wouldn't be able to jump on Zekazakali just because he's too mobile and Deft and Barrel were late to the fight. So that would have been the play they do. But instead, it just ends up being this fight where Zeka gets a kill, flashes out. Yes, the dragon does go over to Genji, but Zeka gets a kill, flashes out. And then Chovy, like, still feels like he can win the fight. He's got all his spells up. He's got his flash up. He's just in the pit. He could just flash out, but he they feel like they're going to win it. And then at the moment, he realizes he's not going to win it, and he tries to dash out. Barrel's Renata lands a handshake on him, and it ends up being this like two-kill fight for DRX that gives him a decent early-game gold lead. It was really interesting. You know... Genji did get the Herald. They use a bot lane. They're trying to get Ruler head in the head. But meanwhile, like, Doran just gets solo killed by King and Orn. Orn versus Sujuani solo killed. So this is a tough one. And the rest of this game, since it was already, like, a 2,000 gold lead, I, I continued with my, like, Zeka versus Chovy tracker and just was trying to figure out their game state at different moments. I thought this was a really bad trade, bad game for Chovy. And Zeka was everywhere. So one of the big plays from Zeka at 1330, he is up 15 CS in lane. Bot lane has had a 3v3 that leaves Ruler, Lehens, and Peanut somewhat low. And Zeka is able to move first and also make it so Chovy can't follow because if Chovy follows and Zeka is just waiting for him, Zeka would likely get a solo kill on him. So it sets up this 4v3 dive where they get three kills. Chovy can come in afterwards and pick up one kill, but the fight still goes heavily for DRX. Chovy also died at 2023 after his team had already been picked bot lane. He just like sticks around, tries to push more, dies there. And in the 2255 fight where Zeka absolutely like popped off on Akali, he he didn't technically get solo kill credit on Ruler because Barrel had like assisted him with an enchantment spell. Um, but he does get a solo kill onto Trundle. Chovy was literally farming mid-wave while his whole team was dying. So miscommunication by Gen G or just Chovy kind of autopilot pushing mid, uh, that was, that 22-55 fight was the fight that really pushed the game over the edge. They won the fight, they got Baron, they're up like 8,000 gold. So grades can basically be given at that point. Uh, grades for this game, I gave... Not good ones for Gen GF. I thought Doran lost early, never able to get back in the game, gave him a C. I thought Peanut had no impact on, on Trundle, C. I thought Chovy was was never around, unable to get things going with his ear, also a C. I gave an A to Ruler. Um, might be too high, but I thought he was still doing a lot of work early on in the laning phase. Partially, that's, you know, when you draft Karma Ezreal, you need to be able to do that. But I thought he was pumping out good damage, doing good pressure for most of the game, and a B for Lehens. Um, on the other side, though, I gave S, S, S+, A+, S. Zeka absolutely smurfing it. Piosa King in, like, I just, I didn't want to give away tons of S-pluses. I can't really nitpick or or think of things that King and Piosic did that were wrong. I just thought Zeka was exceptional. And I gave an S to Barrel. I thought he was amazing um, this entire series as well. All right, game four. 
kind of like yesterday, I thought the losing team was a little bit broken by the time game four goes around. Uh, this time they, they ban a collie, leave Silas open. And I think for Gen G, they really just wanted to play rise. Like in the moments between the games, they were like, we just got smashed. We need to go rise Renekton. That was, that was the conclusion I feel like they came to. Look at what happened in this draft. Viego gets first picked. No one takes Sejuani, which like it makes sense within the series. Sejuani hadn't been that effective. Uh, a lot of range champions being played in this series. Really hard for Sejuani to, to stick on people. Fights, you know, weren't trending towards the 3v3, you know, double melee top sides on both sides. Um, it still would have left the ability for DRX to go... Like, it, like, they're really leaving it up. They're like, oh yeah, why don't you just go... Why don't you go like Sejuani, Camille, Silas? Like, that actually would look okay. Um, but it's definitely a bait because the Renekton would have gotten Pryo onto the Camille. The Rise would have gotten Pryo onto Silas. But like they to just do it anyway, like double blind Renekton Rise, doesn't feel good to me. Um, but it was definitely like a comfort pick thing for them, thinking that they were going to try and run the game through early game. But it's just DRX, they knew exactly what to do. Uh, Varus, Kindred, Gragas on the 4-5 taking Galio, which actually is one of the best Rise matchups historically. Galio just dominates this matchup. Um, he's able to to match the lane push fairly early on in the game. He can match the global threat from Realm Warp with his ultimate, and then also Rise is pretty short range, so Galio is always able to turn fights around, especially back in the day when you could taunt Flash. Now you have to Flash Taunt. Um, and then the Braum pick at the end, too, with Barrel to combo with, like, the Varus Kindred, just like, mm, chef's kiss. Like, this, if, if you're building a Kindred comp, this is exactly what you want. You want a second AD carry with the Braum so you can proc stun super quickly. You want a Galio ultimate to come in at the end of your Kindred ultimate, but you also want to have a Gragas ultimate if you want to knock other people out of your ultimate. Like, they, they literally just have the Piosic God comp for, for his Kindred. And it's against, like, it's not against something that's going to outrange them. It's against like this mid-range try and smash early game comp. So I thought if Genji doesn't blow this game open by 15 minutes, it's over. And they did not blow the game open by 15 minutes. They did make some good plays in this game. There, there were a couple moments in this game where like Doran would get on top of PO6 Kindred, have an empowered Renekton stun... When Piosik was at like 75, 80% health, and they'd kill him before he'd be able to press R. That was like their way of almost getting back in the game. But early jungle pathing I thought was fairly interesting in this game. I'll, I'll cover that quickly. Uh, when you have Braum and two ranged champions, you smash level one. So DRX didn't invade into Peanut's red buff. And Peanut actually did a... He snuck around and got to like the enemy blue and gromp, but then like his overall path ended up being super weird because he did blue gromp recall and then bot lane to help ruler Lahens. And it then allowed them to double scuttle to deny Piosica mark because Renekton used his top lane prio to take top scuttle 
and Peanut used the bot prio he gained from moving bot to get bot scuttle. But then, because Doran's Renekton had used his prio to get the scuttle, he lost prio and Piosa could then go in and steal Peanut's blue buff. So the end result of this was Peanut being fairly starved and Piosic being fairly able to free farm, even if it did deny Piosic a mark. So just an interesting play that I think set Peanut a little bit behind and Piosic ended up being fine. The five-minute dragon flip was a little bit crazy. I think, you know, you play that back a few more times. I think Chovy moves a split second earlier and is able to stop Piosic. He got really low on that Drake. They didn't even have, like, dominant prio. They were just kind of hoping that Gen G didn't think he was on it, but they actually saw Piosic on a control ward before he started it. So, ah, I just felt like Gen G was off in this game for sure. More of the Zeka Chovy tracker stuff here, even though it was Galio versus Rise. Um, Zeka had enough prio to move for that first Kindred invade. Uh, it, it obviously helped Piosic push Peanut off of blue. I think Chovy probably could have moved to stop that dragon. Didn't do it. Other than that, like, I just didn't really know what Gen G was supposed to do in this game, other than like hope Ruler carried or hope that Doran Chovy would smash lane, which which they definitely didn't. Uh, like, I, I have a few notes here. I say I say twenty six minutes in. Um, oh yeah, okay. The twenty six minute play actually from Piosic and Barrel was insane. Uh, this was the play where they killed Peanut, which eventually led to them getting Baron. So the game had been close to this point because, as I mentioned, Doran kept getting these stuns onto PO6 Kindred and bursting him down. Uh, they see Peanut clearing a Baron ward, and then Peanut starts running down towards his own blue buff, and they just zip over the blue buff, Kindred Q, Braum follows with W, they land the Q, they flash follow with the alt to get the stun, get the kill. That gives them a numbers advantage. They then go top lane, chase down Doran. They then use that numbers advantage to get the Baron. I think that actually bought them like enough of a gold lead to essentially have the game uh, in their hands. And the final note I have on this game was, you know, by 33 minutes, even though Ruler is huge, I just don't see the way that Genji wins the fight. Doran's not strong enough to push King around in side lanes. Same with Chovy versus Zekka. In the final dragon fight, Chovy spent the entire fight using all of his spells on Beryl's Braum. Then he flashed over the wall once the fight was lost. And Beryl still had 70% of his health. Chovy was unable to impact this game pretty much at all. With Beryl or King in marking him in pretty much every fight. And it just allowed Piosic and Deft to free hit um, Lehens to death, pretty much. Like, this definitely contributed to the Nautilus Most Deaths Crystal Ball stat. Um, so, that was it. That was it for DRX. Uh, Gen G grades here. I gave Doran a B. Plus. I gave a C to Peanut. Uh, I gave a. Why'd I write down B minus for Chovy? I didn't think his rise really did much. I'm going to change that to a C. Plus. Uh, I gave A plus to Ruler. I thought he was their only chance of winning this game. He had some amazing team fights on the on the Zaya. Uh, C plus to Lehens. Not much he could do in this game though because his engages couldn't be followed up by his short range team. 
with just the draft gap. Overall, I have this as an 80-20 draft win for DRX. Like I think in 80% of times with equal skilled teams, like the comp on the right is going to beat that comp on the left. Um, DRX, I gave B plus, B plus, A plus, A plus, A plus, just because I thought the draft gap was so big and the game still ended up being fairly close. I don't think this was their best played game of the entire series. And it will set up, it will set up that T1 versus DRX final in San Francisco at the Chase Center on Saturday to see if Def can win his first world championship or if Faker can win his fourth so, so incredible. Such amazing storylines. We're going to talk about all of those uh, later on in the year. I think there'll be plenty of time to discuss those throughout the next week. Um, I said at the start of the podcast as well that I was going to talk a little bit about the last podcast. One of the comments that I feel like I should have been more researched on was specifically the Jin Karma. Uh, I didn't like it in that game in particular. This was the final game of the T1 versus JDG series where JDG picked Jin Karma after losing to Lucian Nami pretty much the whole time. That lane is relatively common, especially years ago, to push and neutralize the enemy bot lane. It's never won a particularly large amount of games, and I still don't like it, but I definitely presented it as a, this isn't a combo at all. When, when it actually is a combo and has a purpose, um, not that it worked in that game. They did still die, but I wanted to make that quick correction on the Jin Karma. And also, if you've made it to this point, 41 minutes and 36 seconds in the video, I want to thank you for listening to this. I'd also say, please leave this video a like. It definitely helps the algorithm push viewers my way. I've gotten a lot of viewers from the quarterfinals and semifinals versus the normal flow that I had throughout the regular season. So thank you so much for watching and congratulations to DRX. T1 versus DRX is going to be an epic, awesome final. And I'll see you then.